So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing episode three of season six of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Yara and Jovi make their first appearance and are settling in with their new baby. Kalini gets to the house and starts in on a swelu. Angela's friend Jojo comes to help her with her final surgery prep. Brandon and Julia go to, go to find out about the green card. Tiffany's mom tells us what she really thinks about Ronald. And Charlie and Andre touch make up without anything in, anyone admitting anything. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. We'll be back again next week to cover episode six. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Happy spring. I mean, I guess we've been in spring. <laughs> it's been. So I don't know. You wouldn't take it from here. It got all cold and stuff again. But we're ready. We're ready. I'm counting down, counting down the days until the school year's I over. Know, because right? It's less than a month yeah. now. Well, for, for you, me, yes, you have a couple weeks more than me, right? <laughs> I have. I have. A, I have a couple weeks more than that. But my my seniors are are leaving after this week, and that's like when my school year gets significantly easier. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Your seniors leave way early, though. That's all right. I need them. I need them gone. They are. They are so <laughs> checked out. They're emotionally like, I exhausting. I thought. I thought senioritis was a thing in other years, but in the COVID year, senioritis is a whole other level of senioritis. Oh gosh, I know. I'm gonna have to have a come to Jesus. Uh, you know, with my <laughs> seniors tomorrow because they've disappointed me <laughs> last week. <laughs> they've let me down. Yes, their lack of work is disappointing. So we're definitely going to have to have a, oh gosh. You know, oh. I know we're definitely getting off topic here, but it's like one of my seniors, I had to have a very serious conversation with her about uh, college uh, rescinding admissions. And it's like she didn't believe that was a real thing. I was like, oh, my gosh, if you get D's and F's, like they will rescind your admission. Like, I don't know why you right. don't realize especially that's a real thing. Especially when it's a school, especially when it's like, you know, those kind of schools that, you, you know, you can get like, oh, no, you had three B's. And we're, yeah. we're, you can't come to this school anymore. Know, like, right? sorry. And like, it's like, oh, oh no. And you're going to show up a bunch of D's and F's. Yikes. Yeah. All right. All right. We're definitely switching gears here. But yes. Yeah, let's get started with maybe someone else who is got a form of senioritis and doesn't follow the rules very well. Angela. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were just talking about how this storyline, it is where like what, three episodes in and it's already super played out. Yeah, like I said, the past two episodes have not even covered like what a twelve hour period. Yeah, my gosh. <laughs> that's it. Okay, but Angela is at her hotel room in California, and she's eating a clear noodle soup for her liquid diet. She closes her eyes and thinks this is steak, but that doesn't work. Her surgery is tomorrow. She's choosing to move forward with the breast reduction surgery without having discussing it with anyone in her family. Jojo, Angela's best friend, shows up at the hotel room. She's there to help Angela with her recovery. Angela fills in Jojo on the gorgeous doctor in her breast exam. She tells us that the breast surgery means that she will have to be under anesthesia for three additional hours, which is a larger risk. Jojo says that her breasts could just sag more over time, and it's better that she just deals with it now and so she can breathe easy, like literally and figuratively. Jojo asks Angela what Michael says about it, and Angela laughs that she hasn't told him, and Jojo doesn't want to be the one to have to tell him. It's the day of the surgery, and Angela is telling Jojo she's feeling fat. 
Angela is not supposed to drink anything, but she's so thirsty and wonders how would they actually know if she drank anything? Angela uses this same logic as she searches for a pack of cigarettes. And then she goes, whatever. She's struggling to find her lighter, but she finds it eventually and lights up. Angela warns Jojo not to say anything to the doctors, otherwise they'll stop the surgery. And Jojo just says that she can't really hide her facial expressions. Angela video calls Michael, telling him that she's feeling really nervous. She tells him that the doctors were concerned about her breast size during the consultation. She tells him about the doctor from Ghana, which Michael doesn't seem happy about. Michael is just kind of squinting in the camera saying, what? When Angela talks about the medical massaging. Angela is messing with him because she wants to see him jealous. She tells him that they want to reduce her breasts so he won't be able to pull on them like he likes to. What the fuck? (laughs) I don't know what they're doing. That sounds like a two-hand operation there. Uh, (laughs) He tells her that as long as it's just a little bit, she should just do it. Angela picks up on his aggravation and she calls him out on not being concerned about her health and the risks of the surgery and just being concerned about the size of her breasts for playtime. Angela thinks that if her boobs are too small, it's going to be bad for their relationship because she might find out that Michael only married her for her boobs. Back in Nigeria, Michael is feeling unhappy about the breast reduction surgery news. He speaks with Yakini, his brother. Out of all of his 16 siblings, he gets along with Yakini the best. Yakini gives a lot of side eye when Michael tells him about the breast reduction. Michael tells us that Nigerians like big boobs because it says that the woman is healthy and well taken care of. Michael thinks that Angela should care about his opinion. Yakini points out that, you know, she's from a different culture where she's basically in charge. Michael tells Yakini that Angela has joked about wanting to make Michael jealous. Yakini thinks trust is really important, and he wonders if, you know, Michael can actually trust Angela. Yakini thinks that if Angela looks younger, more men will be looking at her, and Michael says, well, they all just need to close their eyes. Michael thinks the longer they are apart, the more he starts to have doubts that he'll be able to get to the U.S. Angela is taking before pictures in the hotel with Jojo, where she just looks really unhappy, so she realizes how bad that looks and asks Jojo to delete it. Angela is nervous, so she calls her psychic Tracy. Tracy says her mom is with her, which, if you recall, Angela's mother passed away um, right after the last season. Uh, The cards tell her that she needs to focus on herself and walk away from other people's problems. She will take a journey across the water, and she is in for happier times. She's relieved that the psychic Tracy gives her the okay, and they say goodbye. But before, Tracy tells her to stop with the sneaky cigarettes. Angela tries to call the grandkids, but no one is answering her call. Jojo thinks that the family didn't realize how nervous and scared Angela was about the surgery. Angela's starting to get pissed that no one is picking up her nonstop calls. All right. (sighs) I know. We have not moved forward at at all, all, really. Yeah. It's yeah. like and no. and what I think is ridiculous too is their segments are so long. Like I want to say they're a good quarter of the show for being yeah. you know a lot of what, yeah. we had six couples well, on I mean, the show. There was that one point there was that one point where she was explaining to Jojo that she they recommended the breast reduction surgery and she wanted it. 
And it took a solid five minutes of her picking up her boobs and putting them back down and picking up her boobs and putting them back down and picking one up and then picking the other one up. Yeah. And then saying when I sit down, it goes – it was like well, so long because they just like – I mean one thing about Angela that we will – that I, I will definitely give her is she knows how to be on TV. Yes. Right. And I noticed that like I especially noticed that when she was on the phone call with Psychic Tracy mm-hmm. and she was keeping the camera, the screen of the camera in the camera frame. Yeah. Like po- angling it weird because she knew there was a camera over her shoulder and she knew the camera would be able to see the phone like on that. Like she knows how to do this show. Right, right. And like they're relying on that because I really think based on the, the with the filming and what they have to stretch out, they are really stretching out this content this year. Yeah, and it's just exhausting. Which, I mean, to me, I just feel that if they are so starved for content, would it kill them to just make the show an hour long? You know? Yeah, it's just, right. I mean, put all this crap in like a bonus episode and for the people who really don't that, care. put that on Discovery Plus. You yeah, know? I know. Just have them watch it. Um, because I don't think their story is really advancing too much. But I was going to ask you this. So uh, Angela is definitely trying to make Michael jealous. I mean, she's like talking up the yes. Ghana doctor. The hot, how hot the doctor was. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was, he was massaging. My, it's like, no, that's not exactly what I would say to describe what, what was happening to you. Um, but she likes no. to see him jealous. And... Uh, you know, also, she kind of talks about and they she never said on camera, but when Michael was talking to Kini about it, uh, you know, he, uh, he was saying, oh, she keeps on talking about how she's going to attract younger men and she's going to leave me for a younger man. And Angela teases him, I think, because it feels good for her to turn the tables on him because he makes her feel jealous all the time. But I don't even think intentionally right. like she is. But do you think she? No, no, no. She's just like she already thinks he's younger and hotter than I am. Yes. So I have to worry about it. Like, right. have to be on my and eyes out. Not because he's right. actually doing anything. But do you think she would actually act on any of these things and actually go for another man? I don't. Like, I, I, I actually don't think she would. I think she actually really does like Michael for whatever reasons. But I mean, it is totally infuriating that she just teases him and does stuff, mm-hmm. does stuff all the time at him in front of him that she would. If he did that to her, oh, she would, she would punch, she would, she would, you, you know, go all body slam you know, him or something. Will, yeah, she would, <laughs> she would slash his tires and and throw all the cakes in his faces. It would be, it would be World War Three. It would be a nightmare. Yeah, right. If he did, even if that was just just the one thing, just one little thing. If if she was like, how did your doctor's appointment go? And he was like. This really fine looking doctor came in. She'd be like, oh, my gosh, she would be like, what? There was a female nurse in the room and she would flip out. Yes. Yeah. Or if there was a female doctor, you know, she would extra flip out. Why are you going to a woman doctor? You don't need to go to a woman doctor. It's not Jerry. They don't even have women doctor. I'm sure it would be all it would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that weird double standard she holds it to. But she was just I don't know. It was was frustrating because it was like how what chunk of this episode. So let's just talk about them is like dumb thing after dumb thing after dumb thing that Angela's doing, mm-hmm. right? So she starts with her liquid soup. Yeah, that which was wasn't like, even very liquidy to me. Not liquidy at all. When, was, they, when, they, when I hear liquid yeah. diet, I'm like, sorry, your soup has noodles and chicken chunks in it. That's not liquid. Right, like, right. I think like protein shakes, like <laughs> that kind of like, you better be on like, you know, those things. Maybe yogurt, 
pushing it with yeah. yogurt, you know, like I think but like, like blended, chicken like, broth, like broth, yeah, yeah, broth, yeah, just from the can or something. But I think right. also she said that it had to be low in sodium too. I think that was that, a thing. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, so it is. It is that it is hard to do, but it yeah. was like she. You, do you not understand what liquid means? Because there was a, like a lot of noodles in that soup. Right. And I think she was trying to eat around it. But in that case, it was like, why not just get broth? Why yeah. are you getting the thing? And it was like flavorless, right? Then she has, you know, she had the smoking obviously before. Which then, is ridiculous. I, know, but- I cannot believe that she was just like, you know, just even this last episode. Oh, I, yeah. I could get I wouldn't be able to stop bleeding like it would thin out my blood and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then literally two seconds later, she's smoking a cigarette. Well, I guess I'll just, you know, risk it. And this time this time she says she's been smoking for 45 years, which is like <laughs> she's just getting older by the day. <laughs> Either that or her smoking's getting younger and younger. Nine when she started. Yeah, like all these. And then my favorite one, the the dumbest one that I couldn't get over when I heard it was the um, when she talked about the um, oh the the water. Well, how are they going to tell if I drank water? It's like you know they're literally cutting your stomach open, right? Yeah, they're going to be able to see that stuff in there. there. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, but the same thing with, like, the cigarettes, too. She's like, well, how is anyone going to know? It's like, uh, like, no one's going to know until something goes wrong. And then that's really kind of on you. And they're going to go, that was really hard. We couldn't stop your bleeding. Did you have cigarettes? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh Uh-huh, I did. That's how we knew. (laughs) That's how we knew, yeah. Well, I mean, also, she's going to come in there reeking like cigarettes. Like, only only somebody who is a smoker and just has been constantly surrounded by cigarettes – the cigarette smell their whole life doesn't realize that when you when somebody especially in this day and age when nobody can smoke inside mm-hmm. anymore and like the number of smokers is so low when somebody who smokes walks into a room or somebody who just have a cigarette walks into a room you're like holy crap yeah you can that tell person just had a cigarette yeah definitely <laughs> well and i don't think she changed her clothes either so you know yeah. that stuff I mean, she's gonna smell clothes. like a cigarette yeah yeah all right so let's move it on let's let's go with brandon and julia all right. So Brandon and Julia are back from Vegas and on the farm, which Brandon thinks of as home and Julia thinks of really as her workplace. He's surprised he's, she's not at least a ex- little excited to be home. And she says she'll be excited when she's in her own place, not somebody else's. But before they have to worry about all that, Brandon wants to focus on Julia's upcoming green card interview. Julia is worried that they might ask her something she doesn't know the answer to. So they practice by going over Brandon's favorite color and his birthday. In an interview, Brandon is more nervous that the interview um, asked him to bring evidence that they have lived together, something like bills with both of their names on it, which, you know, you tend not to get when you're living with your mom and dad. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> Julia wonders if things go bad and she has to go to Russia, would, would Brandon come to Russia with her? He says, I guess I would, which really wasn't the enthusiastic answer that Julia was looking for. So anyway, soon they're gathering all their documents and Brandon's pretty sure that they have everything, which isn't, again, doing much to calm Julia's nerves. Since this is an an important trip, they do the Russian tradition of sit before you go. They sit in silence for a little while to gather their thoughts or whatever, and then they're on their way. They're both nervous in the car. Julia wants to know, what what happens if I fail this? Do I have to, like, go back immediately? Um, are we still married? Like Brandon doesn't have an answer to a ton of the questions besides, yes, they will still be married, but he has a lot of his own questions too. He doesn't want to think about how hard it would be to start this whole process over again 
or to even start the process about him um, getting a getting a resident status in Russia, which he heard was even harder. It's been two years since they met, and today is a day that like they kind of are gonna hear the capstone of this whole process, or because their understanding is that today they'll definitely find out one way or the other. And of course, no cameras are ever allowed inside to um, the immigration places, and after two hours, they emerge. Brandon tells us that they didn't approve the green card because there's some new documentation needed for the affidavit of support, and even, even the immigration officer didn't know what the details of this document were. So there was some new hoop they had to jump through, and nobody knew what it was. So they weren't denied but they might have to supplement the application with more more information once the requirements become clear or once the requirements become clear, they might get approved anyway. Anyway, on the ride home, uh, Julie calls her mom to tell her about what happened and they, you know, Julia's mom is just like, keep on, keep on holding on. Julia's frustrated that the whole ordeal just keeps dragging on. So, ah, man, this is, sounds rough. When do you think this was filmed? When do you think this happened? That there was like this situation okay so they got married they said april 26th so and i think based on vegas i would say they were likely in vegas maybe towards fall time so maybe september october because it was vegas is way too hot for you to be hanging out outside like when they were eating outside um, uh-huh. so I would guess, so maybe October, like, interesting. Yeah. Cause October-ish I was, one, I was actually wondering if they kind of flipped forward because I was like, why would there be weird new immigration paperwork? And then I was like, do you think it was the new administration that they, that, you know, that came in? I don't think was so. It, was, was it, could have been in January? No. Cause they did. It wasn't, definitely wasn't January right. in, in Virginia. Sure. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that, um, I actually have a friend who uh, she had uh, just got married last year to someone, but he was he already had a green card. But she has a sister-in-law, I think, that was also applying for either the K-1 or the um, they had the spousal one. And the exact same right. thing happened to them as well because she asked me about it because we have a, a friend, a mutual friend that um, actually works for immigration. And so she was trying to get information from me through her kind of this roundabout way. But anyways, long story short, like it, it, it's not specific to them. It it mm-hmm. was a weird requirement that you need more information because kind of the same thing she was she was telling me. She's like, yeah, they have to send in more information and I think it'll be OK. But no one seems to know what the heck is going on, because I do think it's very odd that they went in. The immigration lawyer couldn't even tell or I mean, whoever immigration couldn't tell. Them. Yeah, the immigration officer. Yes. Had said, and they said, okay, so I wonder. Because I think they said something like, it's my first day back, right? So I don't know if that was like literally the first day the office opened after they closed for COVID or like if they had like, you know, gone on a a sabbatical or vacation or maternity leave or something and just happened to come back that day. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't even – stuff changed while I was gone. I don't know what it is. It seems like you would just get someone else if that was the case. Like that's what I'm saying. Like why are they even being helped by an officer that isn't even helping them? Well, I, and I, I, she said it's the first day back, but I also got the impression that it was like, I think it, the, 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 the guidance that came down was pretty much like, oh, pause everything. We're going to ask for more information. You're like, what information? And they're like, hold on, I'll get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> right? I can see that. And, and like, 
because that just seems like the kind of thing that happens in a bureaucratic right. environment, and that's right? That's exactly what I was thinking because I was thinking, oh well, you know, w- when would this ever happen? But then you're like, oh, it's the government. Stuff like this happens all the time. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely sure. Somebody somebody does something along the line, and then oh wait, it's a new requirement, and blah, 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 blah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, so it's not surprising, but it is. It's one of those things that at the time sounds like the most frustrating result yes. of their meeting. Yeah. But with perspective, you're like, no, that was still better than having them say you're denied and you have right, to go back to Russia. Right. <laughs> Rejected would be like, the it, first it, terrible thing. Yes. Worst case. Scenario. Right. But it, but right now, I, I could totally see Julia being in the mindset where it's really stressful for this now. And she'd be like, I, I would rather have told me I couldn't stay. Like, that would have been better. At least I would have known. Yeah. Right. That's true. But I think that's one of those things with a little perspective. You're like, no, getting deported still would have been worse. Yeah. Okay. Random notes on their segment. One, let's talk about what Julia was wearing when she's back on the farm. Why were her shorts hiked up so far? I that's that's like, I wouldn't say that's very trendy. Is is high. Wasted. Yeah, but those shorts were not designed to be high waisted. Were not designed to be high waisted. No, she's she just, just giving herself to wear a wedgie. Them that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> then, did you notice the T-shirt she was wearing? It said "Life is better in the country." I can't imagine mm-hmm. she bought that shirt for herself and was wearing it because I don't think she would agree with the messaging of that shirt. It definitely. Well, okay. So, do you think it's one of those shirts, like you know how in China they sell shirts that just have random English words on them, and they're like, I don't know, look cool, because it's it's the the mirror image of here, right? People will buy shirts with Chinese characters, and it's like, do you know what that says? And it's like, nope. And it'll say like, you know, flower wagon, and you're like, okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> I kind of think that maybe someone in the oh, that's Betty Brandon's shirt. family <laughs> bought that shirt for her as kind of like a you love the farm, don't you? Here, here, have oh, this yeah. shirt. And she's just like, But then all she's right. wearing it yeah, on TV. I know, right. That's why it's like, hmm, <laughs> she picked it out. Do like, you hate the farm? I, I also feel like she could be wearing it. She, I could see her wearing something As like that, joke. ironically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Last note on them. Okay. How many cars does this fool have? I swear, every time we see him, he's in a different car. Yeah, because he had like that Nissan last year. Last, yeah, the last Z, one, right? The sporty, yeah, the sporty looking one. Yeah, uh, and um, and this this time he was in. I don't even know what it was. It was it, a Toyota. It was a SUV ish looking thing. It was like, like a small, but it was like a com- super compact. I would even call it, it was a hatchback. You can call it an SUV if you want. That was a hatchback. Yeah, but it wasn't a Prius. No, I don't it know. Wasn't. It, but yeah, it, you're right. Every time he gets in a car, he gets in a different car. Maybe yeah. he just rents them. I don't know. I it, I think it would be difficult for him to have to rent those cars all the time because how close is it to the nearest rental place? It doesn't like it's not like he lives in the city. Right. I mean, no. I mean, there no, it's 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 a half hour. I've it's they 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 make it sound like they're really really in the country, mm-hmm. but they are a half hour away from they're probably an hour away from Richmond, but they're only a half hour away from Petersburg, which is just is like not a that's not like a city. It's like a large suburb type city like a, a not even medium-sized city but it has everything you need yeah like there's but a I car rental place in petersburg right but i don't think how easy is it for you to get a uber kind of in the middle of nowhere to get a ride to the car rental place 
I don't know. Maybe he has some sort of he, arrangement with uh with his work or something. It, it, it just it's weird that he always has a different car because it's not yeah. like it's it's not like a person you know at least is three years yeah before you you like and because I def, I know some people who do that who are like I like having new cars so I lease like uh, my car is never older than three years old and I have the same payment all the time. Right. Not my jam, but I know it. It is weird. Okay, uh, let's talk uh, Tiffany and Ronald. Uh, their segment was actually pretty short. Tiffany is moving into an apartment with the money she got from the plane tickets she uh, canceled going to South Africa. She's packing up her stuff so she can move out of her mom's house. Tiffany is excited to not to live with her mom and her grandmother anymore. Her mom, Maggie, uh, is helping her pack up. Tiffany says she feels happy getting her own place and starting her business and just moving away. Tiffany tells Maggie that things have been so weird, so she doesn't know if she's still happy. She just wants it to be equal, but she's not willing to put up with whatever's going on right now. Ronald is used to living his life a certain way, and Maggie thinks that Ronald doesn't do anything, and she just can't really say that she's very proud of her son-in-law. Tiffany was making excuses for Ronald, thinking his situ- his work situation was somehow tied to his addiction, but she wonders why... You know, now she would consider him better or recovering, but he's still unemployed. Maggie thinks that Tiffany could live her best life without Ronald. Tiffany says uh, she will give Ronald the opportunity to prove her wrong, especially for the kids. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work. Tiffany is tired of being taken advantage of by men who depend on her to take care of the kids, financially speaking. Um, okay, so Tiffany, it definitely doesn't sound like she's in the right headspace to, I don't know, think the best of Ronald right now. Uh, but sure. kind of looking at it a little bit more objectively than Tiffany, what do you think that Ronald is bringing to this relationship? Uh, hmm. Well, the thing was, is I actually think, and that's where we're tricky now, I think Ronald was better when they were in South Africa mm-hmm. because he's actually good with the kids. Yeah. Like I feel like in America he could be a decent stay-at-home dad. Sure. Right? Whether he'd want to do that or not or whether he'd be like, I'm not the man of the house. Or whatever, right? Like I don't know if he'd yeah. do that. But I feel like he, he could. He has the skills for it. He has the, the um, you know, outlook for it. He could, he, he could do it. But that's what I'm saying. The things that he brings to the table – aren't things he can provide from a distance. Yeah. Right? And so that's why I thought they were better. It's, they seemed like a better match when they were together in South Africa. Yeah. Now, is her mom going to, like, accept that? No. I don't think her mom ever would. Like, I don't think he's – he. I don't think he could do anything to redeem himself in her eyes. Yeah. At least not short term. Well, does Ronald even want to move to America? I know they are applying for his visa. I know that they're not really necessarily counting on it because of Ronald's criminal past. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of thinking of it as a long shot anyway. But it just doesn't even seem like he really wants to. Or is he doing that thing where it's like you're trying to reject us before we could reject you? I don't know. I actually do think – I think that being in South Africa thing is another part where he can feel more like he's in control yeah. and more like he's, you know, and feel like, well, that that's – if it, he's in South Africa, you know what he brings to the table? He's the South African. He knows how things work. Mm-hmm. He knows where things are. Like he he's more familiar with the culture and stuff like that. In America, he doesn't have that. He's trying to figure out the culture at the same time he's trying to figure out this relationship so I can 
I can see where he doesn't want to do it, but it's not like right now he's doing all that great in South Africa. Right. Right. He can't get a job. Uh, you know, he can't he not really holding anything down. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, feel like it would be a time for a change for him. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle to think of what Ronald brings to the table outside of caregiving because he was he was really great with Daniel when they were together. Mm hmm. And I think that having that father figure was really good for Daniel. And you could just see Daniel like just loves Ronald. Right. Um, Right. But yeah, he's not very good at maintaining even the emotional relationship with Tiffany right now. You know, and that's that's what you have to do when you have the distance. So, yeah, I don't I can see Tiffany just, you know, mentally kind of just being done with him at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a type of relationship where it's like absence makes the heart grow fonder and everything, mm-hmm. right? This is not that. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like – because with your, with your absence is now you're left with – you know, it's similar to – I actually had – I had a conversation with somebody today and this is going to seem like a sidebar where he was like, oh, are you thinking about going into administration? And I was like, no, <laughs> that sounds terrible um, because that sounds like you took all of the parts I like about being a teacher – and took that away from my job and left me with all the stuff and doubled up on all the stuff I don't oh, like being right. a teacher. Yeah. Oh, I have paperwork and discipline problems all day long? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's a hard and pass. And so that's a hard pass. <laughs> and I feel like this is the same thing with what you have with Ronald is you're like when you move away, you're left with he's kind of a deadbeat. He doesn't really try all that much unless yeah. you're there to make him. But but you uh, all, but all the stuff that she liked about being with him and being near him, those are all gone. Yeah. And so you're just left with like the negative parts of the relationship when they're at this distance. Yeah, yeah. All right. So shoulder status. She had her shoulders covered for a hot minute. Oh, my gosh. But is it hereditary? Because did you notice her mom also not wearing stuff with shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I was like – I noted when she came in, I was like, her shoulders are covered. Look at that top. And then like she was talking to her mom and that and that top had slipped down by her by, – over her shoulders again. I was like, oh. Yeah, I think she was just – I think she was car- – it was down off her shoulders and she was carrying stuff and picked stuff up and that popped it up. Right, right. And then I – yeah. I was like, oh. At first I was like, is that her friend? Her mom also looks really young. Super young. Yeah. She does. She really does. She really does. So – Okay, so I'm pretty familiar with the kind of townhouses they have in in Maryland. I, I, my cousin lives in a very similar neighborhood yes. out in out toward Frederick, mm-hmm. and they are not big houses. Mm-hmm. That was the townhouse they keep showing. I I I you know lived in a townhouse when I was a kid. I grew in that, and it was like, and it was a tight squeeze when it was like my mom and dad and my brother and me. Yeah, like so she's in there with two kids, her grandma and her mom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's tough. Yeah. I mean, no wonder she wants to move out, right? Especially it's pandemic yeah. times. I can understand. Oh, and everybody's just cooped up in there. Whew. Yeah. That is tough. the one thing. I am so thankful I bought my place um, just because it has space. Because the place I was living at before, like I think back on it. And like if I had to do pandemic during in that one bedroom place I had, I think I would go insane. So tiny. Right? It's so much how just like, I need a different room to sit in. Yes. I just need to change the scenery. That's it. <laughs> yes. And if your room is big enough, can I go to the another place, another sitting place in the same room? 
Right, that would be right. Great. But when you're in a small, when you're in like there's plenty of you know small one bedrooms and studios when it's like I have a couch and my bed. Yeah, and those have been two places yeah. to sit. So uh, yeah, really tough. All right, so moving on, let's go to let's go to Libby and Andre. So Andre is putting together a playhouse for Eleanor, who helps him out by just unsolicitedly grabbing his hammer and bringing it over. <laughs> Libby hasn't really talked to him about the family meeting from last episode, especially the important detail where he'll have to put aside his differences and work with Charlie. Andre doesn't want to work with that bum in general, especially since Charlie never apologized for the wedding shenanigans. Libby wants Andre to... She keeps saying bury the hatchet, and I feel like that's not a phrase we're supposed to say anymore. Like, that just gives me... Yeah. Yeah. And get along with Charlie. And Andre isn't willing to do that unless he apologizes first. He's willing to hear Charlie out if that if he's going to apologize. So the next day they go out to meet Charlie for this discussion slash hopeful apology. So Libby and Andre get there first and Charlie shows up looking like he's ready to start some shit. He says, yeah, Andre is mad about the wedding. But, you know, he was an asshole the whole time. Remember that time? Remember that time you tried to beat me up at the bar? Anyway. Libby says it starts the conversation and um, she wants to make up. She wants them to make up so they can work together successfully. Charlie admits that he overindulged in vodka and got a little bit rowdy. He says he meant what he said, but, you know, he says maybe the wrong place at the wrong time. He always couched everything very like maybe it was the wrong place. Anyway, he thinks that Chuck gives them it favors them too much. So they flash us back to some of the other things that happened on Dol- Moldova, like I mentioned the fight they almost got in the restaurant because Charlie was just asking questions. Anyway, Andre says he apologized for that, but Charlie never actually apologized for the wedding. He says, Charlie says that he feels bad for embarrassing Libby, but never actually says the words, I'm sorry, or apologize. Anyway, Andre asks why did Charlie act like, uh, always also act like a huge asshole at the family meeting when they were discussing Andre's new role. Charlie keeps in about how disrespectful it was for Andre to ask for 100 grand. And Andre says it wasn't really about the money. It was just trying to, you know, get into this work and not have to work with your whole family, which Chuck says is impossible, which Charlie says is impossible. It's a family business. Anyway, Charlie thinks that he and Andre aren't on the same page uh, because Andre thinks he won't. Andre was under the impression he wouldn't be working with Charlie. And Charlie thinks that was under the impression that his job was going to be to hold Andre's hand through his whole thing. Um, they do kind of come to some sort of agreement at the end of the day, but which is what they care about. Both of them is just, is, I'm in this business to make money. So let's just focus on the making the money. But I don't know. I Both of them seem to think that the other one is, uh, I don't know, in some way inferior. So I don't know how long that's going to last. So let me ask that. How long is that going to last? <laughs> Because oh. both of them were in, and both of them ended the meeting like that's all right. He's a dumbass. I'm way better than him. Yeah, it's kind of funny. They are really the same person. Just one of them happens to mean Moldovan. Like they, yes, just how yeah. they are. Like they are really stubborn. Uh, I mean, Andre. I think he should appreciate that. That is the closest he's going to get to an apology. You know, and I get yeah. it because if you really paid attention to what Charlie was saying, he was very careful not to ever say the word sorry or I apologize. Yes. yes. It was like he was just stating facts. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's what well, uh, he was. He's definitely. A, why should I apologize? I didn't say anything that was wrong. Yeah. Everything I said was true. So why should I apologize right. for it? And that's the kind of half-assed apology you get from Andre as well, you know? And so it's just sure. like, sure. I think he should just recognize that this is as good as it's going to get. I think the goal should be that you can work together civilly. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to even do that. And I don't, I don't think really, they can. I don't believe them when they both say, hey, it's just about the money. If he can, you know, help me make money, then why shouldn't I, I can work with him, right? If we're all working towards right. the same goal. I think there's going to be some sabotage happening here. Like, I can oh, see I think that it's happening. The other way. I think it goes the other way. They're both going to be like, listen, I just care about making money and I know how to make money. So whatever yes. I want to do is going to make money. Whatever you want to do is some dipshit idea that's not going to make any money at all. So you right. should shut up and not do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's you true. You know, they're both going to be like that. They're yeah. both going to do that. Charlie definitely thinks we'll be fine as long as he just shuts his mouth and does everything I say. Right. And Andre is pretty much like, we'll be fine as long as he doesn't try to boss me around. So it's like, well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't oh, that math doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, this is doomed to start. I did feel bad for the two of them because I think that Chuck was not helping the situation by trying to kind of tell Andre what he wants to hear and trying to tell Charlie what he wants to hear. You know, and yeah. I think in a way right. that Chuck he does want to help Andre out. So he kind of had said some things, but then he turns around and he knows how Charlie is. And so he knows he's got to say it in the right way to Charlie, like kind of like pump up Charlie, like Charlie, Andre doesn't know what he's doing. You're going to have to show him the ropes. Can you please just do me a solid and like, you know, help, help your brother out, you know? So I, I do think that is part of the reason why Andre and Charlie kind of are both thinking that they have the upper hand in this situation. Right, right. Because they both feel, well, they, because they both have that idea. When somebody does that, a lot of the times people who are good at it, and Chuck is probably pretty good at it, honestly, mm-hmm. um, is both of them leave the talk with Chuck being like, oh, he's lying to that other guy. Yeah. He's telling me the truth. Yeah. Right, right. He just had to tell that other guy that thing because, yeah. you know, for reasons. Sure. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. Uh, So we've got Jovi and Yara. So we finally get to see Jovi, 30, and Yara, 26, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Jovi is at the store getting the essentials. He, of course, remembers the beer. But as he's getting ready to leave, he realizes, ah, I need diapers, too. Yara asks where the fruits and veggies are when he gets home, and he says, uh, lemonade has some fruit in it. It ends up that he got the wrong size diaper, so he has to go back to the store. They recap how they met on a travel app for people who are traveling to the same place. Jovi claims he couldn't stand Yara when he first met her, but Yara disagrees with his version of the story. Jovi says that Yara was talking about marriage about six months in, and he was suspicious that, you know, maybe she only wanted to get to the U.S., Yara was convinced that things wouldn't work out when she first got there, and she told her friends and family she would see them in three months. Yara said she was scared about coming to the U.S. We then see Yara telling Jovi she was pregnant. This is for the second time because they seem to have glossed over the first pregnancy she had and him not believing her. Yara didn't think Jovi was ready to be a dad because of his drinking. Yara admits that she stayed with Jovi because they were having a baby. 
Yara and Jovi are still in the same apartment taking care of Mila. Jovi says that Yara is a bit of a control freak, and we see a clip of him telling her that putting on an outfit on will be too difficult, and Yara ignoring him only to come to the same conclusion after Mila starts screaming. Jovi's mom, Gwen, comes over and asks why Mila isn't wrapped in a blanket. Yara just rolls her eyes and doesn't do anything about it, and Gwen tells us that she is more vocal since they are new parents. Mila is four days old at this point, and Yara has already taken Mila outside because the doctor said it was fine as long as, you know, the mom was comfortable. Gwen says she disagrees with the doctor. The baby shouldn't be outside. Yara really likes Gwen, but she doesn't like Gwen's opinions being pushed on her, and she's just going to do what she thinks is right as a mom. Jovi Hart hopes that Yara will accept Gwen's help and not be so stubborn because he will be in Guyana for two months soon. Jovi is trying to figure out how the electric breast pump works. He remarks that it's a beautiful day outside and he wishes he could be at the pool. Yara says that she's not ready to be in a bathing suit. She feels like a cow and her nipples are like pepperonis. Jovi tries some breast milk and says it tastes like water. Jovi tells us in the interview that while he loved his time partying and traveling in his, quote, youth, he's also happy to move on. Yara says you can't tell if it's fatherhood or coronavirus. Jovi explains that the reason he's gone longer for his work trip this time is because he needs to do a two-week quarantine, and it will be especially difficult because he will get limited cell phone service. Yara is crying because she will miss Jovi, and she hasn't been able to travel home. Yara tells Jovi he needed to have a better plan, and she cries about all the things she will have to do alone. Jovi actually tries to be empathetic and tells her that his mom will be there as much as she needs, and he understands that it's not her family, but he assures her that everything will be okay. All right, so I think kind of the most controversial thing of this was maybe Yara saying that, you know, okay, I'm going to take the baby outside. So what were your personal thoughts on that? Do you personally think that Yara taking the baby outside at day four, good idea, bad idea, fine, depending on how you felt? The one I couldn't get, the what I thought was crazy is let alone the baby, I thought it was crazy that Yara thought she could go for a walk outside after four days, four days after giving birth. Yeah, right. (laughs) like that's that's it is and you could tell like she was Moving just slow. and you are because it was four days she was just to beat right mm-hmm. she was really exhausted as people are when they gave birth four days ago that's yeah. just the way it is there's nothing yeah. nothing bad about it that's just I, I i can't believe like they were in there filming that soon because they had to bring the baby home like that day yeah or the day before right and so i don't know it depends on do we know what time of year it was and i think it's fine as long as you keep the baby covered so they're not in like direct sunlight. Yeah, she's uh she was wearing a, a like um kind of almost like a spring dress and yeah. I would say maybe springtime. I would think that this was filmed. Yeah, that's fine. If if you're taken for a walk around the block, there's like I said, there's only so far Yara is walking like in right now. Yeah, and, and technically it's not like the streets are all crowded with people at this point too, right? It's COVID right. times. People are keeping their distance because I think one of the biggest reasons why people keep their babies in is because uh isn't it one month that's when you start to get some vaccinations happening? Does that happen oh, at yeah, one well, month? There's- uh, yeah, they said so yeah, it usually starts one to three months, but you also start you also get, but you're supposed to also get um, some of the vaccination benefit from the breast milk. Yeah, yeah, um, but I, so I the, think some of the that's resistance from the breast milk too. Some of the rationale because I know 
I mean, and I personally well, I know, don't know because I'm not a mom, but from what my friends have said, it's like they don't feel comfortable going out with a baby until after kind of the first round of shots, which is usually a month-ish Right, in. and that's because it, it, it depends on what you mean out by the baby. They're like out on an empty bl- street block right, so you can exactly. go around the corner. Like, like yes. that's different. Because, yeah, people are all – but people usually have the people – it's funny because you say that, but people usually have people visit the baby right. well before that. Mm-hmm. Now, they're always they're always like – you're, you're like wear hand pick sanitizer. a bath and hand sanitizer yeah, yeah. <laughs> before you before they can hold the baby or get near the baby but it's still like a thing but i don't know it's it also seems just like i get what gwen is going for but the passive aggressive like why haven't your mommy and daddy put you in a blanket thing it's like <laughs> she is not here for that yet don't not, not on day four of the yeah. thing. Just if you think the baby's cold, put it. Just get the baby. Just put the baby in a blanket. Just, just do it. Right, right. Yeah. But I did, fe- I did feel for um, Jovi mm-hmm. with like, because I, I, I can see where he's a little scared. He's like, no, no, listen, this is my kid. I can figure out how to change their clothes as well. I don't have to do everything. We don't have to like. Do it though. You're changing the clothes wrong. You must do it this way. And it's like, especially if, she, if what she wants is support and help. Right. It's like you can't just micromanage like everything anybody does. And especially like you don't – at this point, they're both equally novice at putting any clothes on this kid. Yeah. So nobody has – nobody has an advantage of let me show you how to do this. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, for Jovi, um, I mean, we just did our rankings a few weeks ago and he was pretty far down on my list. I mean, he wasn't at the bottom, but he was pretty far down on my list. Sure. I would have mm-hmm. to say this is the first uh, episode they've been in since this, uh, you know, HEA season started. Actually shows him in a pretty good light. And you yeah. kind of empathize with him a little bit because, you know, even like situation with them trying to dress the kid. You know, he was trying to tell her, like, she's not going to like it when you put that over her head. And I don't think it's going to go over her head. And Yara's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. And then Mila just starts screaming her head up and she's like, oh, God, OK, no, no, we need to not do this. And she's like, if you had listened to Jovi, but instead mm-hmm. you think that, you know, what you you're doing is the best way or you know but you're not even considering him it's gonna make him feel like his opinion or him contributing isn't valuable and it's like that's the fastest way you're gonna get him to not want to help out anymore you know if you're completely saying like what you're doing is wrong i don't care what you think or say about this i'm gonna do my own thing and i think it's probably somewhat of a common thing for people to do like be dismissive of someone actually trying to help and it's going to get to the point where they don't want to help anymore yeah why would if if every time i tried to help all i got was shot down and yelled at and then i'm I'm not going to try to help right okay like that's a pretty reasonable reaction yeah to that and I also appreciated that he was actually very empathetic when Yara was getting really upset because her whole rationale was – and I mean she was being irrational about it, but her whole thing was, oh, right. well, you know, I – in my ideal world, I would go to Ukraine while you were – Uh, on a work trip so i would have a month to be with my family and i could just be there with the baby and then you know come home but she can't do that 
because of the pandemic and because of the green card situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's not an option at this point. And she's really upset about it. And Jovi is like trying to actually genuinely comfort her and say, hey, listen, you know, I know it's not the same as your family, but my family's here to help you. So you're not here alone. And we're going to we're going to try get through this. And, you know, everybody's going to pitch right. in to help. And I thought that was like the best you could probably say to her at this point, because like I said, I don't think you she are. was being incredibly rational about it. No, she wasn't. She wasn't, and that, uh, understandably so. Yes. Like we talked, I talked about how beat and like the and it's and been four the, days between like, the hormones yeah. and the yeah the, the between that and how tired she right. is. Like she's not her brain isn't like it's very foggy. It's yeah. not working all the way because she was just like you should have had a better plan. And it's yeah. like well. Nobody had a plan for doing this during COVID. Like, no. How, how even if you had a plan, you know it's going to look different because of these extenuating uh, circumstances. And then, like, let's right. be real here, too. The plan was not for you to get pregnant right away. Right. Yeah. The, the plan was not for us to have a baby right now. Right. So, like, we you're, you're still you're still trying to put this plane together as you're flying it. Yeah. So. Mm. All right. So that leaves one more, and that is Kalani and Isuelu. So the whole family is getting ready for Auntie B, a.k.a. Colini, to come back. And she's going to live there until she gets things figured out since COVID is hurting her photography business. So far, Isuelu has been on his best behavior. But Kalani doesn't know how that long it's going to last, especially because he wants to move out. When Kalini gets there, it's hugs and kisses for everybody across the board. And Isuelu hopes that she'll try to be on um, her best behavior, too. She doesn't know how long she's got going to be there. Um, Kalini says a month or two, then stares at Isuelu waiting for a negative reaction. She doesn't get it, and her initial reaction is that oh, this seems rehearsed and fake, and I hope it isn't. The sisters then go to the scrap room where Kalini will be staying, and they talk about, you know, Isuelu and this new disposition he's putting on. Kalani wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and ask Kalini to do the same thing, and not to bring any old drama into the situation. The next morning, Kalini is making Samoan pancakes, which seem like regular pancakes, but deep fried. <laughs> anyway, they drink and they, they, you know, try to drink mimosas, but don't actually have any champagne. So we just go with white cooking wine. That's gross. <laughs> so gross. It's very gross. It's like basically vinegar, right? It's pretty much vinegar. Oh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. They discuss what's on tap for today. And uh, Swaylu wants to go look at more houses. Kalini plays dumb and says, oh, you're looking to buy a house? All condescending like. Anyway, she says it's a big deal and and Usuelu says, mm, they can afford it. Anyway, she does – she asks them the sensible question and asks, well, why don't you look for a place to rent? And Usuelu says he doesn't like that because it's like throwing your money in the trash. <laughs> and it, anyway, then Kalini tries a little harder to, to dig in at Usuelu and asks, why are you buying a house if you might break up? So Oswilu said that this feels makes him feel some kind of way and tells us that he just gets upset because, you know, he's the only one in the house that has to live there with three women's. She gives him some more unsolicited advice before Oswilu gets goes off to change a diaper. Anyway, once he's gone, Kalini asks if he even if asks Kalani if Oswilu even realizes that divorce is on the table. And Kalani basically says, No, no matter how many times she talks to him about divorce, um, he doesn't seem never seems to sink in that this is an actual possibility. She blames his Samoan heritage where and culture where he seems to think that any type of marriage is a permanent thing that you have to just suffer and live with no matter how long or how bad it gets. Okay, so 
Oh, man. I was going to put this out there and get your opinion. I thought Colini was actually pretty shitty this episode. Yeah. um, I don't think she was the best. Uh, At the same time, uh, she was saying the things that she... uh, Kalani has basically been telling her, right? And Uh either is afraid to tell Asuelu or is just not sinking in. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with what she said. But time and place, it definitely was not the time and place. Because you want to start this two-month visit off on the wrong foot where now Asuelu is... Kind of back in yeah. the same place he was before. That doesn't seem like the best start to your stay. No. And that's what I'm saying. She didn't seem tactful at all. She yeah. came in there and was like, I'm here to start some shit. How can I sound? How can I say something reasonable, but also start shit with it? Right. Like, that's what I'm going for. Like, yeah, to start off with, hey, my brother-in-law, nice to see you. Uh, are, did you know you're a dipshit for trying thinking about buying a house before you're about to get divorced? <laughs> like, Oh, he got mad. I see he's mad. I can't believe. Oh, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not better than he thought. He thought he was. Like, okay, come on. You're pushing his buttons on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what their financial situation is, but for Swaylu to say like renting is just like throwing money in the trash, it's like, well, you know, sometimes you gotta throw money in the trash and light it on fire to keep warm if it's cold. You know, it's just like, yeah, you don't oh, really yeah. have I mean, a choice. There's definitely- yeah, you don't like there. there there's yeah. You, you don't have a down payment. You don't have the money to be, get the mortgage. You don't have the credit to get the mortgage, and you, you have to live somewhere. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. It's also yeah. You know, I'll talk about it later. But it's, it, it, there is an uh, opportunity cost that he seems to be missing out on on mm-hmm. well, on the you know the what you could do with that money. Maybe you make more money instead of spending that money that you have a day payment. Maybe you make an investment, and that makes more money than your house would have made. Like it's not necessarily you know I. I He's him and he's dumb, so he doesn't get that. He just gets uh, buying no money, rent money, gone, bad, don't like. Yeah. Okay, where is Lowo in all this? Yeah, I was, I was curious. Like, they mention him. Yeah. Right? I think. But, but then he said, I'm the only one in the house with three women's. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, but yeah. – uh, Maybe he goes and lives in Samoa, like, part of the year? Maybe. I don't know. I just I, – I felt bad about that part because I was with him for a while. He, he with him and feel like, ah, it just feels like everybody gangs up on me. Yeah. They just bring in this divorce every time to try to make me feel some kind of way. But then he just went too far and was like, it's because I'm in a house with women's like, – <laughs> no, that's not – that's not the reason. Like, yeah. Oh, you well, could have done better. you know, the thing with the Swaylu is that – there has been a lot of speculation that he is maybe a little bit slower and we give him a little bit more credit because of the language barrier thing. And so it's kind of like, right. is he slow or, you know, is he just doesn't understand the language? And so I think I kind of think that he's a little also on the slow side, maybe not slow, but just like very simple minded. And right. I think the coming to the right conclusion sometimes is difficult for him. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It comes to the, it's a much easier solution to come up to. That's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. The road is much shorter to get there. You're just like, oh, it's because they're women. That's it. That must be it. <laughs> right. 
Oh, goodness. Okay, so we still have not heard from uh, Cheese Stick, and we didn't hear from Mike and Natalie this week either. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. How about your student of the week? I went with Jovi. Mm-hmm. Um, Jovi, good. I mean, he just it, – it was a good Jovi episode. Yeah. He was He's good. He's helpful. He – she – when Yara was and wasn't irrational, like he was he was with it. He didn't fight with her. Mm-hmm. He went and went back out to get the newborn diapers even though they weren't at the grocery store. <laughs> she was like, you should go on to a different one. He was like, I'll go to a different one. So, so far, so good on the dad front at least for Jovi. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not so good on like the shopping list in general though. Like, come on. Lemonade is fruit. <laughs> that that was true, and she and it was funny because she was like, "Lemon and lemon water are not the same thing." And I was like, "Lemonade is not lemon water." <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe he, maybe y'all should like Instacart in the future or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might Probably get what you actually idea. want that way. Um, okay, so my student of the week was Tiffany. I really appreciated that she is starting to prepare herself for you know just being on her own and i think it was kind of a i was like when she first said that she used the money that she saved from that refund on the tickets for a down payment i was like you go girl like that was the first thing i thought (laughs) you know it's like yes this is how it should be um because I think she brought up a fair point the last episode that she doesn't want to be the one to always have to pay for everything, you know? And if he really wanted to see them, then he should put in more effort because it's like he doesn't have to do anything. He already lives there. He doesn't have to go anywhere. He doesn't have to spend any money, but he does want to see his family. Yeah, and they have to come to him. So it's like, why... And it, and it is. It is bullshit. Hey, I'd like for you guys to come here and visit. Because I really want to see you. Because I really want to see you. Make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is that is bullshit. Yeah. All right. What about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Angela. Yeah, same. S- the smoking, yep. the the drinking, the water. Yep. And then, actually, honestly, the part that got me the most was the way she was trolling Michael. Yes. And specifically, check, check, check. When, she cho- when she chose to troll Michael. Yeah. Right? She was like... I have to call him and tell him some bad news he is not going to want to hear. That's going to involve, you know, me changing my body in a way he doesn't – he's not He's not going to be a fan of in a dangerous long surgery. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to lead into this conversation by making him think I'm going to fuck my doctor. Like wh- why Why is that your conversation starter? <sighs> yeah, I know, like, right? So – Yeah. Yeah. So bad. The worst. Agreed. I agreed on every point why Angela is this week's <laughs> dunce. Okay. What about your life lesson? So my friend, and that's why I said I'll come back to it later. It's it's a sway lose house comment, right? <laughs> so it's while while it's often true that you'll end up financially better in the long run, renting is not throwing your money in the trash. <laughs> yeah, and real estate is not a guaranteed return of money. And I can say that with personal experience. Mm-hmm. I bought a house in two thousand seven and had to short sell it. I lost money on that house. I would have been better off renting for those two years. Yeah, I would be. I wouldn't have had that on my credit. I would have had more money in the bank. Like, so it's no guarantee that just because you are buying something and putting equity into it, that you're like, especially if it could be something short term, Mm -hmm. which this very much could be if they end up getting divorced. Yeah. Kalini made that very clear. This could be a short term thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my life lesson actually um, was kind of inspired by Tiffany and her go girl moment. So I, I don't know. 
And, like, let's just also keep it in context, too. Like, I am someone who has always kind of been more independent. Um, and the kind of life decisions I make could arguably be selfish. So I'll kind of put that up front. But I think that if you're, regardless if you're with someone or not, that you really do have to think about what's best for you as well. And the reason why is because you might not always be with that other person. So I think that something that, you know, I've lived my life with, with no regrets is a lot of my major life decisions. It's not that I don't consider the other person, but at the end of the day, I do what's best for me because those people might not be in my life like 10 years from now. Right. And, you know, it's it's difficult to make these decisions and limit yourself in life when you're putting like too much thought.